Welcome to day 16 of season 3, Shaped by the Word, the Story of the Prophets. Few prophets are invited into the story of God the way that Hosea is invited into the story of God. He's called by God to marry an unfaithful wife and to watch her run after other lovers and, and possibly even bear children you know, by other lovers you know, as, as we look at it. And you feel the heartbreak you know, that Hosea must have experienced as he continually pursues someone who is unfaithful to him. And, and, and we're invited into the heartbreak that uh, God experiences in our unfaithfulness to him. He has loved us. He has given us this incredible grace and all these good gifts and lavished himself upon us. And yet we sometimes become very bored with who he is, very bored with what it means to know and walk with him, and we seek our fulfillment in other other lovers, and we say the reflection, uh, you know, of uh, Gomer, Hosea's wife, and ourselves, uh, even as the church, which Christ purchased for himself to be pure and, and to be devoted to him. So we pick up in Hosea in chapters 3 and 4 today, and uh, as we do, let's just offer ourselves in this moment, you know, to the Lord. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness to us, and it's all the more astounding when we realize the depth of our indifference and unfaithfulness to you. Uh, not only do we uh, run after other lovers, there are many occasions, Heavenly Father, when we just ignore you altogether and pursue our own ends. And so we ask as we read that you would call to our mind how deeply you've loved us and call to our hearts a return to the uh, the one who is the deep lover of our souls. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. The Lord said to me, Go show your love to your wife again, though she is loved by another man and is an adulteress. Love her as the Lord loves the Israelites, though they turn to other gods and love the sacred raisin cakes. So I bought her for 15 shekels of silver and about a homer of letke of barley. Then I told her, you are to live with me many days. You must now, you must not be a prostitute or be intimate with any other man, and I'll behave the same way towards you. For the Israelites will live many days without king or prince, without sacrifice or sacred stone, without ephod or household gods. Afterwards, the Israelites will return and seek the Lord their God and David their king. They will come trembling to the Lord and to the blessing, his blessing in the last days." Hear the word of the Lord, you Israelites, because the Lord has a charge to bring against you who live in the land. There is no faithfulness, no love, no acknowledgement of God in the land. There is only cursing and lying and murder and stealing and adultery. They break all bounds, and bloodshed follows after bloodshed. Because of this, the land dries up, and all who live in it waste away, and the beasts of the field, the birds in the sky, and the fish in the sea are swept away. But let no one bring a charge, let no one accuse another, for your people are like those who bring charges against a priest. You stumble day and night, and the prophets stumble with you. So I'll destroy your mother. My people are destroyed from a lack of knowledge. Because you've rejected knowledge, I also reject you as my priest. Because you have ignored the law of your God, I will also ignore your children. The priest uh, there were. Uh, the, uh, the more priests there were, the more they sinned against me. They exchanged their glorious God for something disgraceful. They feed on the sins of my people and relish their wickedness. And it will be like people, like priests. I'll punish both of them for their ways and repay them for their deeds. They will eat but not have enough. They will engage in prostitution but not flourish because they have deserted the Lord to give themselves to prostitution, old wine and new wine. Take away their understanding. 
My people consult a wooden idol, and a diviner's rod speaks to them. Spirit of prostitution leads them astray. They are unfaithful to their God. They sacrifice on the mountaintops and burn offerings on the hills under the oak, the popular, the terebinth, where the shade is pleasant. Therefore, your daughters turn to prostitution and your daughter-in-laws to adultery. I'll not punish your daughters when they turn to prostitution or your daughter-in-laws when they commit adultery because the men themselves consort, consort with harlots and sacrifice with shine prostitutes. A people without understanding will come to ruin. Though you, Israel, commit adultery, do not let Judah become guilty. Do not go to Gilgal. Do not go up to Beth-Avon. And do not swear as surely as the Lord lives. The Israelites are stubborn like a stubborn heifer. How can the Lord pasture them like lambs in a meadow? Ephraim is joined to idols. Leave them alone. Even when their drinks are gone, they continue their prostitution. Their rulers dearly love shameful ways. A whirlwind will sweep them away, and their sacrifices will bring them to shame. <laughs> kind of an interesting play on words. As soon as Israel separated uh, from uh, the nation of Judah or the tribe of Judah, uh, they set up their own shrines and they set them up in Bethel and they set them up in Dan. And we see in the prophets that Gilgal has also become a center of worship, you know, for those, you know, golden calves as well. It's kind of interesting when he says, do not go to Gilgal and do not go up to Beth Avon. Of course, the city's name was Bethel, which means the house of God. Beth Avon means the house of, house of transgression. And of course, that's certainly what has happened here. And, and so you see here in this passage, both literal and figurative prostitution, they're literally in their worship of the bells, you know, going in and joining themselves, you know, with harlots, but also figuratively, they're unfaithful to God in so many ways other than just in the worship of the bells. Yeah, and you have, I mean, man, chapter four begins. You know, with that kind of covenant lawsuit, you have, hear the word of the Lord, you Israelites, because the, the Lord has a charge to bring. I mean, those are never good words to, <laughs> to, to receive a message yeah, from the Lord with. You know, but the, the charge is, you know, that they've been unfaithful. And he says, there's no faithfulness, no love, no acknowledgement of God in the land. And then the next, you know, the next charge is there's only cursing, lying, murder, stealing, and adultery. I mean, breaking of the Ten Commandments right there. We're just seeing. Yeah, he's almost going through the Ten Commandments. Yeah, I mean, that's. And the, you've been unfaithful to me. Yeah, and the two sections, I mean, if you divide it into two tables, yeah. you have. You know, that there's, you have not, you failed to love the Lord your God, and you failed to love your neighbors yourself. And, and, and then the rest of it is just God going after saying, man, you've been an unfaithful people. But we know because this comes after chapter 3. That although judgment is coming and exile is coming, there is a hope of a future restoration. You know, but it, you almost you almost have to get to if God's people is going to repent of their idolatry, they have to come to an understanding of of their idolatry and the grace they have in Him. And you have this you know scene where you know the Lord says you know to uh, Hosea, go back and show your love to your wife again, uh, the way that I love Israel. Yeah. And she is so deep in her prostitution that he actually has to purchase her. She has mm. sold herself, you know, uh, to another for their purposes and for their love. And and, and of course, you see that uh, vividly in in uh, the purchase that was made for us on on the cross. Uh, God created us for Himself and brought us into covenant with Himself, and yet we gave ourselves away and had to be bought an exceeding high price, uh, you know, through the blood of Jesus Christ. And you get to see a little, you know, I, would, I guess Ephesians 5 actually kind of echoing this, right? And in, in the start of chapter 3, you know, 
that the Lord goes to him and says, love her as the Lord um, loved the Israelites. And then what do we see when we turn to Ephesians 5, mm-hmm. you know, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and, and gave himself up for her to make her holy um, by washing. And so we see again that he's called to love um, his wife as God's loved Israel. And yet when we get to the New Testament, we see the call to love our wives as as Christ has loved us. And so uh, just so cool seeing those two tie together. It's pretty striking too. I, I mean, just as you're reading it, how many times the Lord calls out the prostitution and the adultery of his people? I mean, I, I didn't count how many times, but that's, it's hard to miss that refrain of the Lord sitting here saying, man, I've been faithful to you and yet you've, you've been unfaithful to me. You know, and, and so at the heart of the, these charges he's bringing, it's not simply that they're just doing certain things. It's that they've departed from the Lord and turned towards other things. And you have, you know, you have it in verse four of, you know, chapter three, you, know, you have, you know, we talked yesterday about God wooing, you know, Israel into the wilderness. And the wilderness here is actually, you know, the first part of it is, is an act of judgment where, you know, God brings them away from the luxury of the land and he strips them of all of their, you know, props and he takes them into you know, exile in another land. And, and there they begin to look once again, you know, to the Lord their God and are united with him in the same way that, you know, that uh, Gomer and Hosea separate themselves in order to be sexually pure and to give themselves back to each other. God is going to separate himself from his people. Then he's going to bring them back into a relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Of course, uh, one of the, you know, one of the lines in here that just has a strong haunting echo is, you know, my people are destroyed by a lack of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, they don't know me. They've ignored the living God, and they've become foolish in, in the things that they desire, the things that they chase after. And uh, they, they, uh, the, peop- the prophets and the priests are, you know, are both alike. Actually, says they take advantage of the sins of the people. They speak to their weaknesses and tell them exactly, you know, what they want to hear. And they're leading them further and further from God. And what a preserving power knowledge of the living God can be mm-hmm. knowing who he is knowing his covenant mm-hmm. uh, knowing what he requires of us and even there's even the language that when they've deserted the Lord we find that the people aren't, aren't flourishing and, you know kind of around verse 10 you know they they will eat but not have enough they will engage in prostitution but not flourish because they have deserted the Lord and yet we see when the Lord comes after them and calls him back to himself that's when we begin to flourish is not apart from our lord but connected to him deeply and and even that what's said of them earlier you know no faithfulness no love no acknowledgement that we would begin to be faithful that we would begin to love and acknowledge our lord that those things would be reversed and that's actually when we find flourishing that's where we're designed to flourish is in relationship with our lord and yet we find outside of that we go after lots of things and we're really busy but we don't find that that flourishing that scripture speaks of uh, apart from the Lord. And, and that's where, you know, our idolatries come to play. We, we think of flourishing as the things that we surround ourselves with and the things that we possess. Uh, and all of these, you know, have, have their place as, you know, common graces that God gives us. But true flourishing, you know, comes only in a vital relationship, you know, with the Heavenly Father. So as we're telling the story, you know, last year, uh, we talk about creation as God created us to live and thrive under his gracious rule and fellowship with him, stewarding his resources 
you know, for his glory, for our joy, and for the benefit of those around us. And of course, those are the things uh, that they have neglected, the flourishing under his gracious leadership, the fact that the gifts that he has given are a stewardship and not an entitlement. And the fact that he has given us those not only for our joy, but for the blessing of others. And so you see those themes, you know, all through the prophets. Matt, why don't you close us with a word of prayer? Let's pray. Father, we we repent of our um, faithlessness. We repent of um, all the, the idols that we often turn to apart from you. And, and Father, we thank you for the reminder in your word that um, that you are loving, that you are kind, you are gracious. And, and Father, you do desire us to, to repent and turn back to you. Um, so, Father, help us to... Um, to walk with you, to remain faithful, keep us uh, faithful. Father, would you set our eyes on, on Christ, the, the one who is faithful, the one who um, is worthy. And Father, would our worship continue to, um, to abound uh, for you and you alone. And we love you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.